This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? <laughs> Expecto Patronum! Five years ago, we lost. All of us. We lost friends. We lost family. We lost a part of ourselves. Today, we have a chance to take it all back. You know your teams, you know your missions. Get the stones, get them back. One round trip each, no mistakes, no do-overs. Most of us are going somewhere we know. That doesn't mean we should know what to expect. Be careful. Look out for each other. This is the fight of our lives. And we're gonna win. Whatever it takes. Good luck. He's pretty good, that. Right? All right, you heard the man. Stroke those keys, Jolly Green. BFM 89.9. It is 7.39. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Dash. And, you know, not that I ever really need a reason um, to clip some Captain America or clip some Chris Evans in the form of Captain America. But we wanted to start our show with that uh, tonight because the thing is, right, um, earlier this week we reviewed, or yesterday really, we reviewed The Grey Man, um, which saw Chris Evans playing a baddie. And that just had us thinking about how some people... Chris Evans, case in point, can go back and forth. Um, but there are other actors that you just always think of as the good guy and some others who are forever destined to be like twirling a moustache and stroking a cat and you know, just like plotting the destruction of the earth. And we wanted to talk about that. How is that guy also Lloyd with the trash stash? Really, I cannot. Or Knives Out guy. <laughs> yeah, I cannot with the cable knit sweaters. Oh my God, he's always got a thing. Very, the styling, I, the styling plays a part in whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. I'm convinced now. <laughs> and and it's interesting about Chris Evans, right? Because actually prior to the perhaps the past couple or two, three years, I wouldn't have ex- imagined him to play, you know, villainous characters because he's played Captain America for so long. And that's, that's just how I, I associate him. You uh, clearly when... didn't see him in his Fantastic Four days. Or the oh. losers. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Well, well he's not but, evil, but he is yes. really unlikable though. Yes. And, but I really, really love how he's, you know, he's just going the total 180. Um, first in Knives Out. And then now in, uh, you know, in The Grey Man, it's even more. He's pushing the boundaries. It's totally different from what he usually plays. And it's exciting. So um, just to say that we are going to be asking you for your favourite good guy, bad guy uh, actors and, and actresses. More on that later, actually. I think it's harder to think of ladies mm. in this sphere. Um, but we'd like to hear from you on this. Um, basically, who are some actors that you always think of as the good guy or always think of as the bad guy? Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. And I bring this up um, because we have Adam on Instagram saying Chris Evans is both a good guy, Captain America, and a bad guy uh, in the form of Knives Out. So I uh, Knives Out and the Grey Man. And I wanted to make a point here about Chris Evans, um, which is I don't want to objectify Um, But I think that we're going to end up talking about people's appearance, unfortunately, quite a bit because that's just the nature of of the show. But the thing about Chris Evans is that 
his physicality really, really plays a role in this. Um, I think of this in the same vein as uh, Bradley Cooper, um, where they're good looking up to a point and then it can kind of go either way because Bradley Cooper, I, I Wedding Crashes, he's so horrible and, and the way he looks is actually a big part of that. Chris Hemsworth in uh, Spiderhead, Chris Hemsworth in um, Ghostbusters where the, the very physicality that makes him attractive and, and, and uh, you know, beefcake, pin-up, whatever you want to call him is also the thing that makes him uh, with just a little bit of a twist menacing and scary and it's I think it's also got to do with the fact that they are both quite large guys um, and so it's easy to kind of portray menace um, and I think it's also um, and in fact Chris Hemsworth even references this in Spiderhead in his character goes how when you're really good looking you can get away with a lot which I think leads you to be able to kind of tread that line between good and bad very well. Yeah definitely I, I think um, you know, we ha- definitely, I agree with Lynn. You know, objectification is the first thing that you know came to my mind when, it, when this topic came up. It's like the face. It's it's all about the. I think that's the most important. It's the it's the face and the vibe and and some actors. Um, while you know Chris Evans has successfully played the villain role as well, but you know the the examples that y'all gave. Um, even when you think of like Keanu Reeves and Tom Hanks and all these people, they just have that face which is so difficult to dislike. And and I think that really, um, you know, it sets the tone. Um, um, and, and it immediately, some people just have that very likable vibe. When you watch them, the first time they appear on frame, they have such a charm. They're, they're so grounded. They, they feel like one of us, perhaps. Um, and, it, and it's just so difficult, which is why I think it makes it exciting when they do the total 180. I'm actually excited to talk about the people who are um, a little bit mercurial, who can go either way, because those are some of my favourites. The ones where when they play a good guy, you're like, yeah, yeah, I would happily enter your house and trust you to make me a drink. Um, and then on the flip side, be like, oh, okay, I really don't know about this person. Someone like a Jude Law, for instance, mm. who's maybe just a good actor who can swing either way. Jude Law. So I was thinking, actually, I know you said not many ladies are easy to fit into this, but Jennifer Aniston, who for years and years built the um, girl next door vibe. And then with things like uh, Horrible Bosses, what's the other one? Um, The one where she's on a train, my goodness. Um, Yes, but the one where that involves her having an affair, but also the morning show where her her character is a lot more grey. it's really exciting, right? Like, it's just fun, I think, as an audience member. Uh, but I think it can work against them as well because you do have to kind of put in some work uh, to win your audiences over, especially if they genuinely love the Rachel. Um, then it's a little bit difficult to sell them on, well, Jennifer Aniston isn't just the Rachel. Yeah. Can I just say that uh, our next clip has <laughs> is, is of a person who's come up like an awful, awful lot. Um, let me just run through some of them. So uh, Yukal says, Paul Rudd, good guy. Uh, Keanu Reeves, a good guy in real life. Um, a bad dude in films, uh, which I agree. Um, and then the pairing um, is is coming up quite a bit as well. Uh, Kogi saying Keanu Reeves, good. Christoph Waltz, bad. Uh, more on Christoph Waltz in a little bit. Um, but Bong is saying the exact same thing. Good guy, Keanu Reeves. Bad guy, Christoph Waltz. And it's interesting that we think of Keanu as good guy. Um, Before we get to the clip, let's discuss. Because I'm going to preface it by saying... um, 
that the clip we're about to play is actually not Keanu in a film. It's just Keanu um, answering questions <laughs> and being himself. And I have, I, I think that a lot of this perception of Keanu Reeves as a quote-unquote good guy uh, comes from his star power and the fact that we've known him as a certain type of person or as a certain type of star for decades. Because his career isn't really made up of good guys in the way a Tom Hanks's career is, right? I don't think so. Um, he's played heroes, uh, but largely, and I don't mean this as a criticism, I love Keanu and everything he's done. He's largely, before John Wick or even in John Wick, known for fairly expressionless roles. Like, uh, he's not the most emotive of actors. Um, and so, yeah, I completely think that with like a Keanu Reeves, it's his off-screen persona um, and all the multiple viral memes of him doing nice things and not taking credit for it, uh, that's fed into why we perceive him as a good guy. Absolutely, because when you when you think of Keanu Reeves, I just you know just to you know just see what other people are saying about you know these certain actors and all. When you type in Keanu Reeves on you know things about when it comes to relation to this topic, you there are articles like thirteen times Keanu Reeves was the greatest person ever. <laughs> there are a bunch of articles like this, and I think you are absolutely right um, in the sense that like he does have I uh, like you know a. A, a monotonous yes to an extent but it's also a, he's not a very like he doesn't have a very like scary face in that sense right it is still an easily likable face but when you see what he does on screen even in John Wick it's cool but he's essentially going on a murderous rampage right around town and things like that he it's not necessarily smile much yeah he not at smile all much in any of his not roles. at all but yet you are you are so connected to him and i think it's because of how he interacts with fans it's it's because of how he conducts himself during interviews it's it's the fact that you know he's this global superstar but he still takes the public transport it's all these little things that i think you know makes up the keanu reeves persona he still eats a sandwich on a bench and is happy yes. to talk about that yeah. picture forever no matter <laughs> how many times someone brings it up. So, okay, we're talking today about people who, uh, actors and actresses who, for some reason, are always just the good guy or always just the bad guy. Basically, who has good guy face and bad guy face? Um, you can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, here's a little bit of Keanu Reeves. Are we in the Matrix? No. Hi, I'm Keanu Reeves. I'm... Uh here with BuzzFeed to play with some puppies and answer some questions. Thank you. Look how cute you are. You're like a cutie pie. You're a cutie pie. Let's answer some questions. Which one do you think? This one? All right. What is your secret for always staying down to earth? Well, I mean, gravity. <laughs> Hello. Let's see. If you could time travel to any period in time, when would it be and why? I always wanted to know since I was growing up who really wrote the plays of Shakespeare. So I want to I be there at that moment when Shakespeare, because I don't think it was really Shakespeare. I'm in Edward de Viria, so the Earl of Oxford. So I'd like to be there, 1600s, Shakespeare, writing Hamlet. What stunt are you most proud of? <laughs> Puppies. Break from monotony, BFM 89.9.
Somebody there? Somebody. Who said that? Don't play the innocent with me. You've known all along. Where are you? Follow the cold shiver running down your spine. I don't understand. Did you think it was coincidence? So many good things all happening for you, all for you, Norman. BFM 89.9 at 7.51. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Dash. Our supercut tonight is basically easily summarised as good guy slash bad guy or who has good guy face? Who does not? Um, who are the people that you always think of as playing good guys? And um, the converse, you can let us know by WhatsApping 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, Farid, for example, is saying Chris Evans in Knives Out. Um, and then followed by Willem Dafoe, who is, of course, the one we just heard. I mean, talk about bad guy face, lah. And I'm not saying this as a criticism, but it's the, it's not even his face. Actually, Willem Dafoe, if you just looked at a picture of him and you didn't know who he was, is quite a good-looking man. But the things he can do with his face are what gives him bad guy face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the thing that, you know, when I think of Willem Dafoe, the, the first thing that came to mind was like face problem. <laughs> and again... <laughs> And I and the thing is, I agree uh, with you, Sharmila, in the sense that if you saw him like on a on the red carpet at a, some event or something like that, he looks fine. But in the, on screen, in whatever characters he he plays, he has he puts on this deathly menacing smile, and, and it's the mannerisms, the the way he moves his face. It is really really creepy, and it and he can just pierce through you and. And it's one of those actors that it's he's so animated as well in his performances. I think it really he's born to play villainous, especially these over the top type of villain characters. I also want to add on a different um, noun to follow bad guy, which is bad guy voice. Because um, mm. we, we started off with a Chris Evans speech, right? And he does, he really does do the Captain America speeches so well to the extent that they feel the need to call it out in the film how well he does them. Um, but I would argue that actually the the voice um, is something that's more important in some instances for the villain to have. Because when they come and menace you, when they threaten you, or when they don't say anything, uh, they don't say much. They just show up and they go, like, hello, okay, I know hello, Clarice, we've established this is not even the it's word, right? It's not even right? in the movie. It's, yeah. it's yes, but but we will accept it. Yes, uh, or I'll just say Clarice then. Um, when you hear him say Clarice, right, it's all in there. And I, I think that Willem Dafoe absolutely has bad guy voice. Oh, or Jeremy Irons going Mufasa. Like, mm, I, yes. I think, and, and Jeremy Irons is another one who actually can play the, the lead or the hero really well. However, that voice and the, the sort of snaky quality that he can infuse into his voice. Um, the most recent turn that I saw him play was in the Watchmen TV series, where he was amazing. Again, um, it's it's so with him, it's not so much the look, right? But it's a general demeanor and, and the way he's able to use his voice. Yeah, absolutely. And another one I can think of, it's, um, let's say, Anthony Hopkins, right? Um, he's also one of those where on, on, on the one hand, you know, he can come off as just this nice guy uncle, 
He's just your nice uncle. You know, he's there. Like in, in Transformers, okay, he was given a horrible role. Horrible <laughs> that was role. not the movie I thought you would like. Yes, <laughs> but, but, but Anthony I think, Hopkins. Yes, but I think it, it captures the perfect, you know, he's just this bumbling uncle in that film. Not, nothing about it screams, you know, menacing and all of that. But then when you watch like a lot of his other films, like Silence of the Lamb and, and things like that, what he does with his voice, what he does with his eyes, um, you know, because it's it is genuinely genuinely piercing it's very creepy it has this he gives you like this eerie type of goosebumps and and yeah and i think anthony hopkins is one of those characters as well one of those actors yeah uh abs so okay before we go too far right can we talk about the british thing because that that's no longer <laughs> such a thing but there was a period in in hollywood in particular where the bad guy was always british and that's partly where um we get this association i think with the voice and and as well with um deeply prestigious british actors who trying to break into hollywood would start like doing exactly the kind of things that we're talking about i'm thinking of hey alan rickman I was thinking of Alan Rickman. Yeah, um, you know, partly because illustrious doing crazy things like <laughs> cancel Christmas. Um, but Alan Rickman is is such a great example, actually, of um, well, the British villain, but also of that voice. Yes, um, and Alan Rickman also is an example of, um, and and that's a through line between all the actors we've mentioned. Actually, really accomplished actors who come from really great acting chops and credentials, choosing to take on these broad, over the top villains. Um, I think partly, and this goes back to Willem Dafoe, who isn't British, but I think fits here. I think it's fun, and you can see that they are having fun playing these roles. Yeah, and another one would be perhaps maybe uh, what Gary Oldman. Oh, yes. I feel like he, yeah, he's like you know another one where that has that voice, which is suitable for a lot of villain characters, which he has done really well. Um, you know, whether it's Count Dracula, even like um, in Fifth Element, and and a lot of other films. Sid Vicious. Yes, but then at the same time, when you watch, let's say Harry Potter, you know he can also use that same voice or a lot of uh, you know to become this deeply sympathetic, sort of very easily likable character as well. Uh, Rowan, by the way, says Anthony Hopkins makes a switch between the two um, in Westworld, but he's always enigmatic. That's true. Um, Westworld is actually one of those. And, and actually, the, the example of Gary Oldman, the reason he works so well as serious is because you're supposed to first believe he was the bad guy. And he's mm -hmm. able to make that flip. By the way, um, we touched on ladies earlier and how it might be a little bit hard to define. And we're about to play out on Sandra Bullock, who is a classic um, good... I feel bad saying good guy, but you know, who's a classic, since we're going with it, good guy face. Um, but some other ladies who have come up include... Um, Bong saying, good lady, Julia Roberts. Bad lady, Helena Bonham Carter, speaking of Harry Potter. Uh, Chiral saying, Winona Ryder, Stranger Things. And Winona Ryder, The Crucibles. I hated her in The Crucibles. <laughs> um, but then he clarifies, I mean the character she played. So there is that. Um, okay, keep those thoughts coming. We're getting so many good ones. Lots to discuss. Uh, who are some actors and actresses that you just perennially think of as the good guy and others that you perennially think of as the bad guy? We want to know. Uh, WhatsApp is 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Agent Gracie Hart of the FBI. No, 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 not so fast. Because even though you're a federal officer, 
To us, you will always be Gracie Lou Freebush, the nicest, sweetest, coolest girl at the pageant, and this year's Miss Congeniality. I, uh, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, except for, uh, well, I can't wear this at work. <laughs> uh, never thought anything like this would ever happen to me. I mean, I, I, I kind of hoped it wouldn't, but now that it has, uh, I just want to say that uh, I'm very, uh, very honored and moved and truly touched. And Best Flipping Moments, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, Bubba. It's me, Forrest Gump. I remember everything you said, and I got it all figured out. I'm taking the $24,562.47 that I got, well, that, that's left after well, a new haircut and a new suit, and I took Mom out to a real fancy dinner, and I bought a bus ticket, and three Dr. Peppers. Tell me something. Are you stupid or something? Stupid is or stupid does, sir. Well, that's what's left after me saying, when I was in China on All-America Ping Pong Team, I just loved playing ping pong with my Flexo Lights Ping Pong Paddle, which everybody knows isn't true, but Mama says just a little white light, so it wasn't hurting nobody. So anyway, I'm putting all that on gas, ropes, and new nets, the brand new shrimp and boat. BFM 89.9. It is just about 8.09 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Dash. Um, and today we are basically talking about people who are perennially good guys for some reason, whether it's um, physicality, voice, just, I don't know, something. Um, and people who, for some, for whatever other reason, always play bad guys. And we're asking you who you associate with either good guy face, bad guy face. Um, men and women, by the way, don't let the guy part mislead you. Um, you can WhatsApp us. 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So, Tom Hanks, does it get more good guy than that? You know, watching him in Elvis broke my brain a bit because <laughs> yeah. of how much I associate Tom Hanks as being the good guy. Do you guys remember at the start of the pandemic when news came out that he got COVID and like the whole world took a collective intake of breath? Like that's how much of a good guy Tom Hanks is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Forrest Gump is like the ultimate good guy sort of type of film. Then, you know, even in Castaway, Saving Private Ryan, it's Woody. not just his, Woody as well. And and it's not just his his face. It's it's the way he's one of those actors which has a way of conveying their emotional vulnerability on screen that it's like when he cries, you cry type of mm. thing. And it's just so hard to, to you know, to dissociate him from that type of roles, which I haven't watched Elvis, by the way. So I'm very curious, is he like, because I've always imagined, you know, I've, I mean, I've always desired to watch 
Tom Hanks in like really despicable, you know, um, Ramsey Bolton, you know, type of characters, <laughs> you know. So, so you know, like how how much of a villain he is he in like Elvis? How different is he? Bolton, I think Bolton yeah, levels actually close. emotional Bolton. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of okay. toady. Like like he feels like you you lifted a rock and then there's Tom Hanks. You know, which wow. never happens. Yeah, but it's very odd. He's not bad at all, but it is a bit brain-breaking. Lah. And and I don't know whether it's a masterstroke of casting or it didn't work because it's, it's controversial. Not everybody liked him in that role. Mm. So we have messages about Tom Hanks because, of course, you can't talk about good guys without him coming up. But uh, let's start with this from Danny who says... Um, Firstly, Willem Dafoe, the first guy anyone thinks about um, is the bad guy the moment his name is mentioned. Face problem. (laughs) Face problem. Um, But it's only because he's the best on-screen Green Goblin ever. His face is so menacing. But prior to Green Goblin, Dafoe was the compassionate army surgeon, Sergeant Grodin in Oliver Stone's platoon. Um, And he played Jesus in Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ, which shows his versatility as an actor. Then Danny talks about Tom Hanks, saying, all-round good guy from Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan, Catch Me If You Can, Captain Phillips. Can't imagine him as a bad guy, but it will be interesting to see him playing a villain for a change. Danny goes on to say, Mark Hamill, the legendary actor who was our Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. Good guy all-round, right? But not many may know that Hamill did voice acting as the Joker for the Batman animated series in the 90s, and he does such a mean and menacing villain voice. I have a, I have this sort of long-standing desire to actually watch Mark Hamill play Joker for real, not just voice the character, but actually watch him play it. I don't think it is, it's going to happen, um, because I think Mark Hamill actually has the Willem Dafoe face, especially as he's aged. I feel like he could do it if he wanted to. And I think someone who sort of took that approach, right? Although he didn't, perhaps didn't have a very storied career. You know, in in the in this playing a particular type of role is now we know Heath Ledger um, as you know the ultimate villain. A lot of people you know associate him with Joker, but prior to that casting, like nobody would have ever thought you know like like Heath Ledger would would be able to play that character, right? Because it's so completely different from what he usually plays. Like when we see in Brokeback Mountain, for example. Or Patrick Verona in 10 Things I Hate About You, which was my first Heath Ledger. You were lying in wait. I I was waiting. (laughs) Yeah, you were so ready. Um, Brian, by the way, is saying, um, for good guy, Tom Hanks, eternal good guy face. But, and then attaches an image of uh, Callan Mulvey as Hydra agent Jack Rollins saying, ultimate second tier bad guy face. (laughs) Oh my God. See, I feel like... You can call Willem Dafoe ultimate bad guy face and it's a compliment, but second tier bad guy face can never be a compliment. Hey, but that's its own category. It is true. Second tier bad guy. Like, know, the, like the Bond henchman. Yes, exactly. Nice. Okay. I, I like it. I mean, um, I, I'm not an actor, so, so there is that. I No, and, and that's true, right? Like, how do you differentiate between who's destined to be the main villain and who's destined to be the second tier one? And I think it might have a little bit to do with how big a name you are, unfortunately. And another another name that I wanted to get you, where do you see him? Do you see him as villain vibes completely? Or do you see him as like someone in the middle? And the thing, I, I'm, uh, the name I'm thinking about is J.K. Simmons. Oh, um, okay, so where does fear come into this? <laughs> because um, the, the thing about J.K. Simmons, right, is that 
even though we've seen him play good guys, and he's a really good actor, it, it makes sense when he plays a good guy. Like, I don't doubt it. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I find myself so fearful of him uh, in the same way as Willem Dafoe, where it's not even just about face problem. Part of it has to do with, um, I don't know, maybe I've just seen them do too many bad things to too many people on screen, such that when they show up, the association is, well, what's going to happen now? J.K. Simmons, to me, is not... So there are bad guys who are like villains. And then there's J.K. Simmons, who usually is the sort of cantankerous, shouty, older man, right? And then he sort of went full bad version of that in um, drum movie. Whiplash. Whiplash. Whiplash, which I've not watched, which I think might frame why I don't think of J.K. Simmons as baddie. I love Whiplash so much. It is one of my favourite movies from yeah. the last, I don't know, 10 years or what have you. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I finished it. I turned around. I started it again. I really loved it. And I don't want to get decapitated by a drum. Yes, so. <laughs> absolutely. Like I love it. It's also one of my favourite films. I was absolutely terrified of J.K. Simmons in the film. Like, absolutely terrified. He's so good at this psychotic type of screamo person. (laughs) (laughs) He screams at your face. He's like a coach and he's terrifying. Hey, um, I have a thing that I want to bring up and it's height related. So so bear with me because um, we have this from KZ who says Giancarlo Esposito as the bad guy, which is such a great shout. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've also got uh, Carmen who says, good, this is very random. No one else has said this. Jack McBrayer. So just sit with that. Um, And then bad, Aidan Gillen. And we're actually getting a number, which we can go through slowly, um, of people who qualify as bad guys, all of whom are more diminutive. And and I I don't know what exactly that is, because in the classic idea of what a bad guy is, you would think it's somebody who's kind of hulking, large, physically threatening. But in the modern cinematic setting, I think a lot of bad guys are actually smaller in stature. Willem Dafoe's not big. J.K. Simmons isn't big. Aidan Gillen isn't big. Um, yeah, so Giancarlo Esposito, also not a big guy. I think it's got to do with the kind of bad guy they are as well, right? Because Intellectual. Aiden, yeah, Aidan Gillen is Littlefinger. Giancarlo Esposito also in uh, whether in Mandalorian or in uh, Once Upon a Time, which I first watched him be a bad guy in. Or Gus Spring. Oh, yes. So all of those are very um, sort of manipulative, like behind the scenes kind of bad guys and not necessarily the bad guys who are going to come out and like shoot you in the face. And I think they suit that role perfectly. And this reminds me, and I'm going to share like this high school, two two teachers I had in high school, right? And I feel like, you know, Gus Spring was like my discipline teacher. And then the, the <laughs> let's say J.K. Simmons and all, who are also very terrifying, right? Was, let's say, my Pernalong Kanan Ham, right? And the thing is, while the, sca- the, the people who scream at your face are terrifying, there's no doubt. Um, I always feel like the the, the type of characters like, like Gus Spring um, are the ones that, I, I it's it's inside. It scares you like on the inside. It makes you genuinely so uncomfortable because they're just talking in very regular, monotonous voice. But you know, there's this this underlying thing of like I, I'm I'm saying it in this tone, but if you don't do what I say, <laughs> you're like doomed. That that type of thing, and yeah, it's it's interesting. I didn't expect for this conversation to get this personal. Now I'm terrified of your teachers. <laughs> I haven't even met them. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
speaking of diminutive, Abby says Tom Cruise can be good or bad guy, but he gives out the creepy vibe no matter what role he takes. Oh, interesting. I know. We Tom talked Cruise about Tom Cruise. Creepy. Yeah, we talked about Tom Cruise because we, Lynn and I had a discussion about whether he's a good guy. And I said, not really. He's a hero guy, but not a good guy. And I think that's because most of his hero roles have a definite streak of unlikability in them. Yeah, I, I can see that because he's not the... He's not the hero in a way like Tom Hanks is, right? Like, mm. again, there is that that certain um, gray shades to the characters that he plays. Like, even the decisions, certain decisions he makes in Mission Impossible. If, and, you know, the uh, things, even in roles like that, right? It, it's not clear cut. So, he's a hero, but he is a hero that sort of, maybe it's a little bit in the gray zone type it's of It's the overly character. smug smile. Yes. yes. The same smile yes. Ben Affleck has. Yes. So this is the thing, because um, while I agree with you, Dash, I think that there is something about Abby's point um, where she uses the word creepy and creepy is very specific, right? Because we mm-hmm. are saying smug um, and he in general, and I love Tom Cruise, but, um, you know, when, when I think about the roles that he does best, there is 100% a lot of that kind of smug, cocksure quality. Um, it's what he does, even in Jerry Maguire, where it's vulnerable, but smug and cocksure. Mm. So... That is a different category than creepy. And creepy, I think, has to do definitely with the smile utilized in a certain way, but also sadly with off screen. And um, I mean, I think this is fair game because we spoke about Keanu earlier and how Keanu Reeves off screen and his star power is part of what makes us all think of him as a good guy. Similarly, I I can't help but think that with Tom Cruise, the creepy quality, unfortunately, has to do with couch jumping. I think so. Um, And and, you know, I said this in our supercut on Tom Cruise, I think, I'd love to see him do full on bad guy. I think he would be very good at yeah, I think so too because it's, you know, the thing about Tom Cruise, it's like, I, I was thinking of that exact same thing where his real life is the complete opposite to Keanu Reeves. Like, you know, so the Scientology thing and all of that, it is genuinely creepy. So I think he could, you know, play something similar like that. We don't see that much of uh, these days anymore. He's just squarely fit himself in like, I'm going to do one action movie after another. In fact, he's just going to do Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, he's just Ethan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just that. But I would like to see him as some sort of creepy villainous, but perhaps even like a cult leader type of person in a film because I think he will nail it really well. Like Philip Seymour Hoffman, his co-star. Yes. Did, you know, <laughs> so so there is that. By the way, while we're talking about real life, uh, Legion says Kevin Spacey is a bad guy in movies and unfortunately in real life. Um, you know, it, he was Hopper the Grasshopper in Bugs Life, Frank Underwood, House of Cards, Usual Suspects, um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and then what about a good guy persona in movies and TV, but in real life being a horrible person? And then uh, Legion brings up Bill Cosby, Rolf Harris. Um, they always played lovable, wholesome characters until we all bought into it. Legion also goes on to say Alan Rickman, the dastardly Hans Gruber in Die Hard, the evil Sheriff Nottingham in Robin Hood, and oh, Colonel Brandon, we swooned. Um, Sigourney Weaver, alien killer lady in all the Alien series and Avatar, um, nasty person in Working Girl, Glenn Close, evil scheming woman in Fatal Attraction, Dangerous Liaisons, 101 Dalmatians, um, but suddenly she becomes a righteous police captain in The Shield, taking a fall for her, for her people. I wanted to pick on Glenn Close because again uh, not many ladies make these categories easily but I think people like Glenn Close and maybe Sharon Stone um, Ooh, yeah. fit into this of um, 
perpetually being associated with negative roles. But both um, became famous partly because of sex femme fatale yes. roles. So I don't know how Which much of that... Which is problematic yeah. in itself. And a lot of women do, unfortunately. So you're either the femme fatale or you're the Kathy Bates in misery, right? Like the the woman who is sort of um, living alone and has a sad life. And I think that in itself speaks to some of the problems when it comes to films and the kinds of stories we choose to tell. It is changing. Um, we're seeing it change quite a bit now. Um, but yeah, I think historically we haven't really had great examples of women being able to do interesting bad guy roles. Yeah, and I also think it's because there haven't been, like now we are starting to see a lot of the, uh, not all, but a lot of the the names we have mentioned so far, they've been in very play larger than life characters in big movies and i think not only now we are starting to see that shift so it's very difficult to even think of that many women in in these roles to begin with um you know it, obviously through no fault of their own it's it's the way hollywood has been for so long and i think that that's the the thing because like one of the names i can think of perhaps is maybe charlie steron she has like a very strong um villain sort of persona i think even her face and the way uh, you know it, it's that it, it it can like really she i think she really pulls off the villain character but even she plays a lot of different types of roles different types of character roles that i can't necessarily say like you know she's just that one thing more on ladies later uh but for our next clip, we've got a bunch of people. Actually, he, his name has been coming up since the very beginning, and that is uh, Christoph Waltz. There are a few messages coming in on this. So we have um, a person saying, Andrew Garfield as good guy, um, mm. and then Christoph Waltz, baddie. Faisal says, Christoph Waltz as Hans Lander is probably one of the most intelligent bad guys. He's charming and likeable one moment, absolutely terrifying the next. The scene with Milk and then Strudel makes me really uncomfortable. Um, Brian says, Christoph Waltz. Good or bad guy? Think Inglorious Bastards versus Django. If I say wolfish grin, mm. I think Christoph Waltz's face has to come to mind. And Fassbender. And Fassbender, yes. And and both actually have bad guy face, in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> Very good looking, charming, attractive, bad guy face. And I feel Christoph Waltz is similar to... He, he has that, that kind of thing where we, we talked about size and demeanor. He doesn't seem... He seems like someone who if i just look at him you would you i would think if i've never seen any of his films i'll think like okay he's probably a good very good guy supporting character type of role you know he'll be that nice father figure things like that you know because he has that vibe very like and he's very quiet and i think he is similar to gus fring in the way they execute a lot of their villain mannerisms it's that very quiet manners but you know one foot out of line and 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 I'm going to end you. You know, they just have that that sort of vibe to them. I really enjoy watching Christoph Waltz play in general. Um, good guys, bad guys. He's done more bad than good at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, here he is in one of those roles. Uh, let us know who always has good guy face and who always has bad guy face. Uh, WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Monsieur Lapadine. Are you aware of the nickname the people of France have given me? I have no interest in such things. But you're aware of what they call me? I'm aware. What are you aware of? 
That they call you the Junta? Precisely. I understand your trepidation in repeating it. Heidrich apparently hates the moniker the good people of Prague have bestowed on him. Actually, why he would hate the name the hangman's baffling to me. It would appear he's done everything in his power to earn it. I, on the other hand, love my unofficial title precisely because I've earned it. The feature that makes me such an effective hunter of the Jews is, as opposed to most German soldiers, I can think like a Jew, where they can only think like a German. <laughs> More precisely, a German soldier. <laughs> Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, James. Welcome. Do you like the island? My grandmother had an island, nothing to boast of. We could walk around it in an hour, but still it was, it was a paradise for us. One summer, we went for a visit and discovered the place had been infested with rats. They'd come on a fishing boat and gorged themselves on coconut. So how do you get rats off an island? My grandmother showed me. We buried an oil drum and hinged the lid. And we wired coconut to the lead as bait, and the rats would come for the coconut, and boom, 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 boom. they would fall into the drum. And after a month, we've trapped all the rats. But what did you do then? Throw the drum into the ocean? Burn it? No. You just leave it. And they begin to get hungry. And one by one, they start eating each other until there are only two left, the two survivors. And then what? Do you kill them? No. You take them and release them into the trees. But now they don't eat coconut anymore. Now they only eat rat. You have changed their nature. PFM 89.9. It is 8.29. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Dash. We're all thoroughly squicked out with two villains back to back. <laughs> if there's a special category for bad guy face with bad guy hair, <laughs> Javier Badem oh, takes it. Silver, Anton Shiger in No Country for Old Men. With his horrible apparatus. Like, does he ask for that, you think? Like, does he want the most gross hair because he wants the audience to feel grossed out by him? He's very unsettling. I, I think that that's the thing about Javier Badem's um, stylistic choices when he plays the bad guy, is that the moment you see him, he looks like an aberration. And, and, and I mean that in a good way. I mean that you know that there's something not right about this person. Yeah, like, yeah, who would consciously choose to have that haircut? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because the thing about Javier Bardem is he's also another guy where when you watch, look at him on like red carpet or whatever, he's actually a really, really good looking guy. But <laughs> he has the capability to really make himself look like something else completely. And and it's that unsettling, the way he, he strings his sentences together, the way he uses his voice, the way he walks and everything. Like in that in that scene where, you know, that was in from Skyfall where I think it was the first time they meet, uh, he, meet uh, he meets James Bond, right? That entire scene is so creepy. And he's one of the best actors, I think, at really having that, that creepy, that, that creepy menacing vibe just by using his intonations and all of that. 
I always think of how Benicio del Toro could be Brad Pitt's twin, except he looks evil. Yes, right. right? And and I cannot figure that out. Like, what is it? It's it's just the way he uses his face, not the face himself. Brad Pitt yep. with eyeshadow, right? <laughs> it's 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 a very strange thing because you put them side by side, and really, it's it's all there. But then you see him in the way that he. The roles he chooses to take, mm-hmm. um, the voice, we're, we're back to the voice. Um, and yeah, 100%. Look, I, I think um, we've spent quite a lot of time talking about why we think this has come to be. But we really do need to run through the messages because I think that, that it, it's very fruitful. That there's going to be a lot there because there are a lot of different names being brought up. So Chandra Kumar says... Paul Rudd, second time that Paul Rudd's come up, which which makes a lot of sense. Classic, decent, nice guy. Um, Ryan Reynolds for the humour. Ewan McGregor as well. Jack Nicholson for bad guy. All great shouts. Although Ewan McGregor has played some bad guys very well. Um, mm. He was so creepy in Birds of Prey. Um, so I think he could do both, but great shouts. Jack Nicholson, 100%. And and the thing about Paul Rudd is, is one, it's, it's, it's especially interesting to watch when it's a comedian. And, and you know, Paul Rudd is one of those people who is like, you know, he's a comedian, he's very nice guy, vibe and all. And I used to feel that way about Steve Carell until, you know, he's he started to shift towards, you know, experiment more experimental roles. And again, I I don't know why the, the, the movie's name escapes me, but the... Foxcatcher. Yes, the, the one with the wrestling and, and Channing mm. Tatum. Oh my God, what a transition. Like that really... Bro, it, it really like one of those like mind-breaking um, roles as well because uh, he was really like the Paul Rudd type of person, you know, before watching that film to me. He's also somebody who has Keanu Reeves-esque stories told about him, right? Steve yes. Carell generally mm-hmm. thought Very of... Very nice off-screen. Exactly. Um, and yet, apparently, one of my favourite uh, Foxcatcher anecdotes is that when people wrote the... Um, the cards with him to set. Um, they often didn't speak to him because they found him so weird. Um, as in when he was in full, uh, when he was in full hair right. and makeup for that role, um, and and I guess in character, people just really did not want to engage with him. Um, speaking of not wanting to engage with people on set, Jared Leto, um, good guy, bad guy. Oh God, mm. bad guy, bad guy. I don't think he can play the good guy anymore. And that might have to do with the reputation he's created for himself more than anything else. Because he used to be a, a heartthrob. Yeah, I think so. Because now, when I think like earlier when you mentioned good guy, bad guy, Jared Leto, I'm immediately thinking of all the weird and creepy things he did to his co-stars. Yeah, and, yeah, that's the thing. You know, like, yeah. And, and so I feel like he has, it's, it's what he has done off screen that sort of made like how he's he's sort of developed like how our you know our perspective of him and how we see him as a villain because you know the singer of the singer of 30 seconds to Mars and and all of that right like that's that's not bad you know he's like he's really cool he's genuinely a cool person right like when you look at it from that perspective um, but yeah like I think what he's done playing the character Joker more than on screen what he did off screen playing that character I think really changed uh, my perspective of him as well. I'm very excited because I've just formed a blue eye connection, which <laughs> is, um, I think Jared Leto's eyes partly contribute to the creepiness because they're large and very piercing. And that also goes to Jake Gyllenhaal, whom I find mm. actually at this point more inclined to bad guy face than good guy face. I yelled crazy eyes about Jake Gyllenhaal yes. about 10 times. Yes, yeah. and I want to add to that Killian Murphy because Killian Murphy... Ah, um, has all a, dark hair and blue eyes. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. Killian Murphy has a great face, right? Um, 
but his eyes are well famously often talked about. And when I think of him, um, he either falls into the mercurial can go either way. Tommy Shelby kind of category, um, or we're talking about Killian Murphy in uh, Batman or Red Eye. Yes, and I think it's it's got something to do with um, just the so the eyes. Yes, it's also the sharpness of their features, uh, the cheekbones. There are a lot of things, right? I mean, and and you know, again, ob- it may sound like we're objectifying, but film is a visual medium, and I think these are actors who know how to use their faces in particular ways to really elicit a particular kind of reaction. I honestly mean it when I think, when I say that Jared Leto could have been great as Morbius. In a better film, that look for that character... about that film. I know, I know. Um, I will never forget because it was horrible. <laughs> and, and, I th- and I think, you know, we've been talking a lot, I feel, um, about how, you know, certain... It's, it's very interesting when, you know, people that don't look um, a certain way and they play villainous characters, right? Um, we talk about the blue eyes and all of that. Is it more interesting to watch people who don't look a certain type play villainous characters compared to the other way? Like, would you rather see Tom Hanks play Raul Silva in, Skill, uh, you know, in Skyfall or Javier Bardem play Tom, uh, you know, Tom, what Tom Hanks was in, in, in a lot of the films that he has played? like the very good guy type of person. I, I'm always down for guys traditionally thought of as good guys to kind of flex and play a bad guy. I think that's really cool. Um, the opposite, I don't think, is as impressive. Right. Because a lot of the villains have, like Willem Dafoe, I mean, he's been in Last Temptation of Christ and so on. Um, they've actually done it. They've paid their dues and then they've kind of come here. Whereas the good guys are the ones, I think, who haven't necessarily always crossed the line. Well, um, that's a point that's being made by Shane, actually, who says actors that have played the Joker, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix are good guys in many other movies. So, um, yeah, 100%. Going back to the messages... um, So Game of Thrones is coming up a bit. And I think that that's because um, the people who are good are, well, shades of grey. And then the people who are bad are extremely bad. So um, one example is shame, uh, because (laughs) Farid is saying uh, (laughs) Lena Headey in Game of Thrones. Well, speaking of um, shame, though, uh, Lena, uh, Lena Waddingham? Uh, from Ted, who's who's in Ted Lasso, she's so awful in Game of Thrones. Hannah, Hannah Waddingham. Oh yes, I conflated their names. She's so awful in Game of Thrones, and yet I love her in Ted Lasso. Um, so, and and she has traditionally what I would imagine is a villain face. The eyes, the eyes, <laughs> also just the imposing size, right? Um, but Lena Headey, yes, and also in in Dread. If you haven't watched her, she's amazing. Would will we have? Do you think you can watch Jack Leeson? As a good, because when we saw first time we saw him in Batman Begins, he was the kid, and he's like this very cute guy. And then Game of Thrones came, right? And, and like, I mean, he's like yeah. At the at the start of his career, and now he's perpetually just this awful thing. Well, yes, he quit, right? Jumped. Yes, I think he yes. stopped acting. He, he quit acting for this very reason. So I guess not. <laughs> I guess I guess he's answered it himself. Yes. Um, Ralph says Christian Bale in Dark Knight, and then the flip side as American Psycho. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, Kevin says Michael Ironside definitely a bad guy. The Rock definitely a good guy. The Rock definitely a good guy. Yes. I I don't think have we seen him go full villain? Not really, right? Yeah. Even Hobbs and Shaw, not really. Um, the future president of the United States doesn't go full villain. Shamila. The Mummy Returns. Uh, but he wasn't a villain per se. Yeah, I guess. He yeah. was just misunderstood. What? Yes. Scorpion King, right? Okay. Yes. No, yes, yeah, but, but then, then, then you watch like, the you know, Scorpion in... King and then you realise he was never really yes. the villain. 
we can contest this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, sure, I guess. Um, so is, is The Rock one of those people that even if he plays, I guess if, he, if it's different, if he plays like a Ramsey Bolton type, right? But you see, like, let's say if he just plays like an over-the-top Raul Silva type of character, let's say, or, or Salazar in Pirates of the Caribbean. Do you think it's just so difficult not to like him? I think because, it's the off-screen thing again. He's yeah. so likable off-screen that you project onto his characters. At least because even me. even in wrestling, when he was the bad guy, he rose to popular. Like they had to change him to be a good guy because, like people wouldn't just stop, wouldn't stop cheering him despite all the despicable things that he would do. So yeah, he's charming. I think is what yes. it is, right? There's like a personal charm there that that keeps it going. Um, Randy says, "I'm confused if John Wick is a good guy or a bad guy." Um, and similarly, Elin says, "Keanu is the bad boy you want to love," which I don't know what to do with that necessarily. Um, it's all the black he wears. Yeah, I suppose. Yes. Um, Randy also asks Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, Benedict mm. Cumberbatch just thespian. So can do everything. Actually, bad guy face though, no? Bad guy face, yes. Yeah. I mean, Boys it, as well, even in the smog type yeah. of Oh, yes. That's yeah. true. If we're being honest with ourselves and, and not looking at the roles he's taken, bad guy face. He, he got cast yeah. for Doctor Strange because he has bad guy face. So, yes. Mm, yes. Sherlock, his Sherlock's also kind of, you know, a turd. So, yes. like, like I enjoy it, but he is. Um Okay, my favourite category could go both ways. Loke says, uh, Tilda Swinton, Hugo Weaving and Viggo Mortensen. I've seen them play both sides. John Malkovich can also do both sides well. Um, Watch him call it says, I always seem to think Peter Sarsgaard is up to something even when he's being perfectly innocent. <laughs> up to something. That's really nice. John Malk, all of them, yes. Hugo Weaving, borderline. John Malkovich, I don't think I can ever buy as good guy face. Never. I, I'd still wonder whether there was something I'm not quite getting yet. Yeah, I would say so. Because Hugo Weaving is one of those, like, he's great at both, but I don't, I see him as like, yeah, he's a, he's a neutral sort of act. Like, I don't have an specific association that I'll put him in, like a specific box. Um, He's not neutral to me. When I saw him show up as Elrond, I was like, run. I know. So, <laughs> so he looks he looks even more evil as Elrond than he does as Agent Smith. Yeah. And it's the eyebrows. I, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because I, I was just like, no, the council isn't good. He's going to murder you all in your seats. <laughs> so yeah, no, unfortunately not neutral for me. Despite good actor, like like really good yes. actor, that, that's not a criticism. Um, Danny says, ladies as villains, um, Meryl Streep, hands down as Miranda Priestley from Devil Wears Prada. She represents all those demanding bosses from hell. And who can forget her as a vengeful Madeline from Death Becomes Her? It's all in the eyes and the purse of the lips, which is great. Um, but I've got to be fair as well. She also played women with uh, big roles from Margaret, Margaret Thatcher in Iron Lady, uh, Julia Child in Julie and Julia, Aunt March from Little Women. Some people would argue Margaret Thatcher also falls on the bad guy side of things. I know. Um, Meryl <laughs> Streep, I think, is actually one of those who I cannot associate with good or bad guy just because she's a great actress and she does each of those things really, really well. Yeah, I think so because she's, again, one of those where she does everything well. But when you think of Meryl Streep, I think of Meryl Streep, a blank slate actress. Mm, Give her anything mm. and she will transform. And because she hasn't, played a particular type of character for a prolonged period, right? She's always changing, always transforming. So it's difficult to see her as either one. Um, let's see. Ethel says, good guy, Owen Wilson. Um, good slash bad guy, Adrian Brody. And good slash bad lady, Glenn Close. Nice. Owen Wilson, yes, definitely good guy. It's the drawl, the face, the smile. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, the Wilson 
brothers, yes. I think, kind of fall into good guy territory. Um, Z says, Orlando Bloom, good guy. So Christopher Lee, bad guy. Yeah. Orlando Bloom, not much more than looking like a good guy, I will admit. Hasn't had the best career. But yes, yes, good guy. Christopher yeah, Lee, Lee is mm. uh, yeah, his ultimate bad guy. So, he, yeah, he, we thought long and hard about including him in a clip. And then we ended up not having time. But yes. Um, Rowan is back to say, um, William, I always struggle with his name. William Fitchner, I uh, think Blades of Glory, Date Night and uh, Ben Gorman, Carl Tanner from Game of Thrones are bad guys for me. Somehow I feel it's easier to remember bad guys than the good ones. Uh, William Fitchner has one of those faces, just going to say. Um, we just saw him in Heat. And yes. the moment that guy showed up, I knew things were going to go down. Right. Don't <laughs> yeah, trust that absolutely. dude. Yeah. Uh, Jiapin, with what shouldn't be controversial, but uh, is maybe going to be, Matt Damon, good guy face. See, Lynn and I had, it is, this is controversial. So good point. Lynn and I had a disagreement about this right just now during the break because I said, yes, Matt Damon, good guy face, except in The Last Duel, but that's because of a bad haircut. Yeah. You're casting, yes. the, you're casting the vote here, Dash, because Lynn straight up says no. I'm, I'm just making know, the X sign with my hands. Like, I don't know whether it's good guy face or not because I feel like him and even like Mark Wahlberg they have that, they, they're a little bit too braggadocious in the way that, it's not a bad thing, it is like the way they, they the way, it, it, that I feel that not necessarily good guy. You know, it, it can be in like that Tom Cruise rank, but not in the creepy cult leader. Lynn is looking very pleased with herself. <laughs> I, I think I'm just too goodwill hunting linked. I've been saying this for years and nobody would listen. <laughs> so, so I feel great about this. Um, Shukun says, let's talk about Idris Elba, his we are cancelling the apocalypse prep talk in Pacific Rim, a pep talk. And I am a black Superman in Hobbs and Shaw plays totally different sides, but still charismatic. Charismatic, 100%. Idris Elba, to me, often feels like a good guy. I think just because he makes me feel safe. Oh, bad guy to me. Uh, ah, but that's maybe really? a role association thing. Yeah. Oh, for me, Idris Elba is the ultimate bad guy. In, in I mean, ultimate good guy, sorry, in the sense that Watching Hobbs and Shaw, I wanted Idris Elba to win all the history. <laughs> because he's just so charismatic and so good looking, I feel that it's difficult to see him as any anything else, although he's a great actor. Maybe. Um, actually, Idris Elba and Jason Statham, I never thought I would lump them together, um, are the same where it's like either bad good guy or good bad guy. You know, they, they're never straightforwardly mm. either. Yes. They kind of yes. do a little bit of both. Yes. Um, Ajim simply says John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, either way also good on Face Off, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Rish says, can we consider Will Smith as the good guy with bad boy vibe? Yes, except Will Smith, until real life events very recently kind of derailed, has always been yes. the ultimate good guy, yes. right? Like even bad boys, he's like the cop with, he's like the bad guy with the heart of gold. And I kind of feel sad every time I think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Because Will Smith is, I mean, I, I can't really think of much villain roles, like prominent ones. He's always like emotion, like sympathetic. He's the charm. He's very good looking um, in, in that sense, you know. And yeah, but re now, like when he, when he brought up the name Will Smith, it made sense. Like, you know, if you're saying Will Smith villain, it makes sense now. But not when you watch, see the roles he has played over the years. 
Anthony Hopkins is coming up uh, from a number of people. So thank you for sending that. We, we talked about him earlier on in the show. Uh, Hazika says, Tom Hanks was a baddie in Cloud Atlas, which is true. Uh, Frances McDormand, a versatile actress, plays gritty people well. Uh, Famke Janssen evolved from femme fatale to strong boss female type. Oh, Famke Janssen, her Bond role. Yeah. So mm. I think it it matters when you first see them too. Because like I saw her first as the as Xenia, right? Um, and I can't get it. I often think she's going to play the, the bad guy. Kenneth says Tom Cruise is Les Grossman, uh, which I think enough said. Uh, Frederick says Denzel Washington, good guy. Yes. Good guy that can also play really good villains. Right. Mm. Over, yeah, he's excellent. Like the thing is when he plays villains, I, he convinces me. Like I hate him on screen. So, But I, then immediately after he's like, oh, it's Denzel. <laughs> I quote him a lot more as the villain, though. That's true. Like, but but he was a very quotable villain. To be fair, that your training day is an extremely quotable villain. Yes. Um, Lee Jun is back to say Eric Tang, always the clownish sidekick of good guys, featured in Hong Kong slapstick comedies in the eighties. But he really scared me as a big boss in Infernal Affairs, um, which is so oh, true and such yeah. a good shout. Yes. Um, also, Viggo Mortensen, uh, Lord of the Rings, Aragorn becomes a heavily tattooed gangster in Eastern Promises and a History of Violence. Viggo is. Um Vigo is not one of those I think you can easily categorize. Actually, I think bad guy face, good guy vibe. Yeah. Bad guy face, really? Because like if we think of Aragorn, I don't think bad guy face. Really? I mean, when he shows up as Strider, you don't think he could go either oh. way? <laughs> no, I mean, really. I, I always, no, I, I feel like he's one of those that can he perhaps has a bad guy face or easily can convince me. But then Lord of the Rings changed that. Like, because You're of just Aragorn, on Lin's side today, fine. I, we'll <laughs> say it. I see lot, but no. But the thing is, I don't think he plays it. Like I, when I look at uh, what I'm saying is, I'm actually saying that when I see him in Lord of the Rings, it changed my mind about him having that bad guy vibe, because like, I feel like he's such a good guy in Lord of the Rings. Um, ben then says Antonio Garcia Perez plays the perfect role between a good guy and a bad guy as El Professor simultaneously in La, Ca- uh, La Case de Papel, which is nice. Uh, Brian says Tom Hiddleston, the villain that cha- the villain that charms everyone's socks off. But I think Tom Hiddleston actually has good guy face. Tom Hiddleston has good guy face. He just does very well playing guys you don't necessarily trust. Yes, he's a villain that you you love. You, you don't actually watch, like, even when you think of Loki, you're not like, oh, like, I wish he dies. You know, you're not like, I wish the good guy, you know, <laughs> triumphs over him. You are like, I want to be on his team. He's the one you want to go and, uh, you know, grab a cup of coffee with and things like that. So I think he's like a cool villain type of person. To close off, uh, Jasper has sent through a long list, um, including like a variety of almost rankings, I think, in terms of who's good, who's bad. I'm just going to take a sampling. Um, let's see. Nick- so I think I'm going to take some of the more controversial ones because Nicolas Cage is labelled as good. Uh, David Duchovny, good, whom I would not necessarily have thought of as well. Uh, Hugh Jackman, good, which I agree mm-hmm. with. Uh, Jared Leto, bad. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, good. Arnold Schwarzenegger, good. And that's an interesting one, I think. Um, we've all also got mentions of let's see uh brian cranston who i think might not kind of can go either way i think so um ray liotta whom no one else has mentioned who comes up as bad oh, and you know ray liotta sadly passed recently so yes. I'm, I'm glad that he's getting a shout here um madonna bad hugh laurie bad uh patrick dempsey bad um colin farrell bad uh killian murphy bad kylie minogue interestingly bad <laughs> 
I don't know where Kylie Minogue is coming from. All the others, yes, I think so. Neighbours? Oh, <laughs> yeah. right, of course. Um, but all the others, I think, yes, they are people who could play good but actually have bad guy face. What about Robert De Niro? Bad guy face. Bad guy face. For bad sure. guy face, right? Yeah. Bad yeah. guy face. But now in his very, very older, much older, like, you know, when you watch the intern and all like still bad guy face still just just, face? just okay. old bad yeah. guy face okay. <laughs> still nonetheless um, okay on that wonderful note where we've spent apparently the whole show just judging people's appearance I swear it was more than that if you're tuning in now it sounds horrible but but I swear we've had substantive discussions um, we've been spending our time today talking about people who just always have good guy face or always have bad guy face the actors who always play good or always play bad um, keep those thoughts coming we'll continue to read them even after the show you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 tweet us at BFM Radio write to us at movies at bfm.my thank you so much for listening this has been Popcorn Culture BFM 89.9 Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.